0: StarCourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And and this this is StarCourt Study Study Hall. Hall. So, it's the holiday season.
0: The holiday season?
1: Yeah. (laughs) But it's... Yesterday... Well, not when you're listening to this, but yesterday marked uh, the start of Hanukkah. And Christmas is coming up. But most importantly, it is Halloween. Again? Again. Because today... We are talking about chapter two of season two, Trick or Treat Freak.
0: (laughs) So happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I'm so happy to be back.
1: (laughs) It was, I know we mentioned this last time. It was just, it's been so long. So I'm just so happy that it's Halloween again. Me too. Me too. Best time of the year. Everybody's going to get their Halloween presents this weekend and... (laughs) light their halloween menorahs and it's going to be great. And the halloween trees and you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's the
0: thing we do at halloween. Yeah. So, so happy happy halloween everyone. Yeah, happy halloween. Yeah, we're getting into Trick or Treat Freak, which is chapter 2 of season 2 and um the most insulting name of all the chapters.
1: It is. It's really <laughs> hopefully Instagram lets me post this yeah, really. as a caption because it wouldn't let me put idiot in <laughs> you're an idiot, Steve Harrington. It was like, no, that's rude. So hopefully Bullying. it lets me, yeah, it lets me use trick or treat freak when I do our social media.
0: <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. All right. So as you may be able to hear, I still sound gross and congested. So I've been sick for about a month now. So I think this <laughs> might just be how I sound for the rest of my life. So whatever. Whatever. Amanda has been <clears throat>
1: perpetually ill for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's no
0: joke out there, kids. Get your flu shots, wash your hands, you know, wear your masks, etc. Keep yourself safe because there are a dozen trillion illnesses going around. Lots of diseases. So many. So anyway, let's get into chapter two, Trick or Treat Freak. Are you ready for a little summary? I'm ready. All right. So this episode was also written and directed by the Duffer Brothers, and it aired, surprise, surprise, on October 27th, 2017, along with the rest of the season. Okay. And All right, good to know. For our summary, I've decided to just start pulling the summaries right from Netflix, because they are, they are really some interesting <laughs> summaries, and they always leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> so this Netflix summary says, After Will sees something terrible on Trick or Treat Night... Uh, yes yes, uh, yes. trick-or-treat night <laughs> our favorite holiday that sounds like that sounds like the halloween that they would put in the sims yes trick or treat night. yes
1: trick-or-treat night
0: <laughs> so <clears throat> it says after we'll see something terrible on trick-or-treat night mike wonders whether 11 is still out there nancy wrestles with the truth about barb what what is <laughs> like who wrote this <laughs> i don't know not us <laughs> definitely not us did did the people who wrote the netflix summaries like even watch the show right <laughs> Like, first of all, what is trick-or-treat night? Second of all, what does Mike wondering about Eleven have to do with seeing something terrible on trick-or-treat night? It it doesn't really. I don't know. I don't know, man. No mention about the pumpkins. Yeah, In the first episode, it was like the summary was all about the pumpkins, but yeah. not this one. So... For this episode, we only had one fast fact. So our fast fact for this episode was that the actual title for this episode was released on October 9th, 2017, just a few few weeks before the release of the season. However, Mm. at the time, the titles for the last two episodes were intentionally still left secret. And the last two episodes, if you will recall, are called The Mind Flayer and The Gate. So I can see why they tried to keep those under wraps.
1: Yeah, that would, that's like a, there's like spoilers just chilling in those two chapter titles. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. All right. I get it. Are we ready to get into scene by scene? No. No? No. Are you ready now?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for checking in again.
0: I gave you a second. All right. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. What the heck happened to Eleven at the end of season one? We cut from her destroying the Demogorgon to waking up on the floor of the upside downified classroom. An exhausted Elle wanders the hallways, yelling for Mike. She faintly hears the Hawkins National Lab soldiers and makes her way to the small opening left of the gate that the Demogorgon created in the wall. The soldiers seem to be looking for her with flashlights, but Elle is able to evade them. She hears them leave and uses her powers to make the opening bigger. Then, the Hawkins Middle School wall gives graphic birth to a 12-year-old bouncing baby girl. Now that I've heard you
1: read this out loud, it answers one of the questions that I had, which was, who opened the portal that Elle climbed through? It was the Demogorgon. Yeah, it was
0: the same gate that the Demogorgon opened, and then she just expanded it.
1: Okay, I I, I wrote, like, who opened this portal?
0: It was the Demogorgon. Yes, because, you know, she was exhausted, so chances of her being able to open a whole gate would be pretty low
1: right and it was also already there yes yes so it was just like residual i guess yes
0: i noticed that this it feels like they took this exact concept and plopped it right into chapter two of season four because it opens the exact same way where we get the reveal of what happened to hopper at the end of season three and marina is smirking
1: <laughs> yes i have this
0: exact same note wow, yay <laughs> <laughs> yes for once our notes actually align i know <laughs> Yeah, I, I just like that really struck me. I was like, oh, my God, it's the exact same like trap or like the same like scene by scene layout. Reveal. Yeah, like it was just revealed yeah. the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's chapter two, Vecna's Curse um, of season four. You get like the context of what happened to Hopper mm. at the end of season three. And then in this one, you get the context of what happens to Eleven at the end of season one.
0: Yes. So good.
1: Yes. I noticed that, too.
0: I also noticed that when Elle is walking away from the gate in this scene, you can see upside-down particles floating behind her. I
1: saw that, too, and it reminded me of at the end of season four when you get, obviously, the much grander scale version of the upside-down particles drifting into Hawkins from, like, the actual splits in the earth. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's very cool. And, you know, it's pretty obvious, but I just have to mention the... The birth imagery i mean it's 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 gross it's really gross and it's really <laughs> apparent and i still don't exactly know what it's supposed to signify but it's definitely there
1: yeah i mean usually with something like birth imagery it's it's like innocence that type of mm-hmm. thing which is actually interesting when you think of i don't did we mention this in season <laughs> <laughs> sorry my my apple watch is talking to me who asked siri um, in season one when nancy climbs through the tree you get that birth imagery Mm -hmm. and as we were just saying birth imagery is often associated with like innocence nancy does kind of like you know symbolically lose her innocence quite a bit in season one so that's kind of cool but yeah i feel like usually birth imagery is like an innocence thing
0: and i had to wonder too if it had to do with like rebirth kind of yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you could go that direction too with Nancy and the tree. Like, she sort of becomes her new badass self after mm-hmm. the whole tree incident. And then Elle kind of has a rebirth as, like, a normal... Well, not normal. Not normal yet, but, like, she's out of the lab. Like, she gets to live as not really a prisoner, although she kind of is. I don't know.
1: But she also gets her rebellious moment in this season too. True. So I would like to point out the flashbacks you get from the classroom. Are they exactly are they like exactly clipped from season 1? I don't I think so. Maybe. Are they? Okay. I'm not sure. Well then my my point is irrelevant. I was going to say it still says 10:03 <laughs> on the clock.
0: <laughs> Maybe we can explain that by saying that like the the psychic powers messed with the magnet in the clock. Okay. All right. Do clocks have magnets? I don't know. <laughs> I made that up. We could ask Henry. Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> hey, Henry. We know you know all about Do... clocks and magnets, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is this Elle's first time in the Upside Down? Oh, yeah. I think it is. Like, her first real time in the Upside Down. She doesn't spend much time there, but it, I think it is, right? Yeah, I think so. She's definitely not been there yet.
0: Yeah, other than, like, her, you know, like, mind void going there mm-hmm. that way. But, yeah, I think you're right.
1: Yeah. I also would like to start an L mic Count. Oh. We are at 5 in this opening scene alone. Oh boy. This is going to get this yeah. is going to get high. <laughs> <laughs> she says, "Mike, actually, you know what? I take that back. I want to do a general Mike count for the season."
0: Yeah, a lot of people do say Mike. Yes, we're at 5 so far. Okay. Keep us keep yeah. us updated. <laughs> All right, I will. Okay, after that, L makes her way over to the Wheeler house where she sees a ton of government cars parked outside. We pan over the house, seeing agents bugging the phones in the house, searching everything, and speaking to the Wheeler family. The agents try to make Mike squeal, but he holds firm that he would never tell them where she was, even if he knew. Elle peers inside the house as Mike catches a glimpse of her, alerting the agents to go outside and look. They continue into the woods, searching for Elle as she hides under a fallen tree and cries.
1: It's weird to put into context that everything we see before the title card is happening immediately following the events of season one yeah yeah true like we actually get a snip because season one jumps to christmas so we get between Mm. like the demogorgon banishment and the the season one true end true like i don't know why it's just weird to know that this happened like a year ago what we're seeing right now yeah
0: that's true i also had to wonder like I don't know. I never really, like, put this together. I guess I just always assumed that these people just wanted her back at the lab. But Mm. I never really put together that, like, are these the same people who work for Sullivan and think that Eleven is actually a mass murderer?
1: I mean, I also just kind of assumed that these were lab people Mm -hmm. just because that would make the most sense because we we already saw the lab sweep the the Wheeler's house when... Like Connie came and couldn't get through to them because Karen was getting angry and then Brenner had to sit down and not blink for 42 <laughs> seconds. Yes, <remember>? yes, yeah. <laughs> so I always just assume the people in this scene were from the lab, but I mean, I guess there's nothing s- saying that they were. Yeah,
0: I Yeah, I don't know. They might just be from the lab, but like given the context of a later season, I don't know. But I'm not really sure if like the Duffers had that all figured out quite yet.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I did say, like, the the Wheelers have bought, like, the the she's dangerous narrative Mm -hmm. hook, line, and sinker. Like, they're not even questioning these people at all. So, it makes you wonder, like, back to your point, are these Sullivan's people who genuinely believe that she's dangerous versus the Hawkins National Lab people who see her as something to be used?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's weird.
0: It is weird. Yeah. So,
1: I don't know. I feel like... It's so creepy to see Elle through the window in this scene when Mike kind of looks at her like she could genuinely not be mm-hmm. there, you know?
0: Yeah, that is like, weird. Like
1: if we didn't see her walking across the lawn to get to the house, like you don't even... It's kind of like the, the thing in chapter one, Mad Max, when you hear her over the walkie mm-hmm. and Mike thinks it's her, like it could be. Yeah, it could.
0: We don't know. It also makes me wonder like if Elle never did this, like never went to the Wheeler house like would mike be as broken would he have just assumed that she was dead and like try to move on or does he think she's still out there
1: yeah like she he catches a glimpse of her and it kind of sets him on a spiral Mm -hmm. like oh my god she's still out there like versus just kind of believing that she was she was gone i
0: know
1: never tell off the score is playing Oh, that's good yes as the agents agents Start to kind of search the perimeter of the Wheeler house.
0: Never tell,
1: never tell. Good job, Mike.
0: So over at Hopper's cabin, Hopper's making breakfast for L and himself when he gets the crap scared out of him by L dressed as a ghost. <laughs> it's Halloween, and L insists she can go trick or treating as a ghost because no one would see her face. Hopper promptly shuts this idea down because it is too risky, and we don't take risks because risks are stupid, and we are not stupid.
1: We don't accept the risk. We do not.
0: He instead makes a compromise that L, or with L, that he will come home early with candy to watch a scary movie with her. Halfway happy.
1: Halfway happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Hop's French toast looks really it good. Does. And Hop's flannel also looks really mm-hmm. good. And L's flannel also looks really good. Yeah once she's when she takes off her sheet she's in a flannel very cute
0: i i also said i like that he's introducing her to other delicious breakfast breads such as
1: besides besides waffles such as
0: french toast also delicious
1: (laughs) i just want to linger though we have to linger on the whole like dialogue like ghost (laughs) Ghost. (laughs) yeah i see that (laughs) halloween sure is (laughs) (laughs) it's just so good it's just like so ghost
0: (laughs) i remember how jarring it was to hear her say they wouldn't see me for the first time because it was like one of her first like full sentences Mm -hmm. which like okay i i have to say it's kind of weird that in season four she just refuses to use contractions like she says i am cannot yeah but here i wonder
1: if it's like she went to school maybe
0: yeah like she's saying like wouldn't and stuff so i don't know
1: yeah, no, I see what you mean. That is a little strange. Right. It
0: almost seems like a regression, but yeah, I guess you could say that. It's like she's gone to school and now is learning like more formal English. I don't know.
1: hmm How did Elle learn about trick-or-treating?
0: Movies, I guess. I just
1: I just had this like visual of like some weird Hawkins National Lab Halloween party <laughs> where like all the kids <laughs> go like trick-or-treating to each other's
0: like cells. And they get one <laughs> little like where there's original
1: a a single like jelly bean (laughs) a cream saver a root a root beer like one of those little like root i love those (laughs) yeah i just i just want to know like how did she learn how to like what is trick-or-treating that's
0: very true i like my guess would just be movies because it looks like she's just been watching a ton of tv
1: Mm -hmm. yeah very true i also just want to point out how obviously like hopper's overprotection of l goes beyond the danger of her being found because he's also not wanting to deal with another loss Mm. of like a child. Very true. Yeah. And then I also just want to know why are all of the times that L is given quarter past the hour? Hmm. Three, one, five, five, one, five, eight, one, five. Why are they all one five?
0: That's true. I don't know.
1: I don't expect you to have an answer. I just, I had to ask the question. Yeah,
0: good question. I don't know.
1: Yep, and that is all.
0: Okay. So at the buyer's house, Joyce goes to get Will out of bed, but she can't find him and begins to panic. He's just (laughs) peeing, though. (laughs) (laughs) How dare he? She helps him get dressed in his homemade Ghostbusters costume, and she sees Will's drawing of the Mind Flayer. She asks him about it, but Will says it's just for a story he is writing.
1: The scene of her panicking and asking Jonathan Mm -hmm, is like, mm -hmm, okay, all right, mm -hmm. you got it. It's straight out of The Vanishing of Will Byers.
0: (laughs) I wrote the same thing.
1: Yep, straight
0: out of there. Yep. Straight out of there. It's like framed the exact same way. Jonathan's making breakfast.
1: Fucking still cooking breakfast, this person. Doesn't stop. No wonder he he doesn't.
0: do anything else? No wonder he doesn't go to school. (laughs) He's just busy cooking breakfast. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> also serious shout out to joyce's observance here like immediately she picks up that drawing and is like uh what is this
1: yeah she's like oh uh, that's says that's not normal looking plus it was so different from his other drawings in that he usually uses color and the mind flayer drawing was all grayscale true
0: it was like all black and yes. red yeah yeah there was red i think there might have been some red i could be wrong but yeah she's very observant
1: yeah no she is it's like and i think we mentioned this later it's that intuition we talked about it in the overview it's that intuition I know.
0: and we talked about in mbti too that like joyce's mbti type is very observant has good intuition yes so yeah shout out to joyce all the boys are getting their photos taken in their cute little costumes by enthusiastic moms as erica absolutely roasts (laughs) lucas (laughs) <laughs> mike dustin and lucas roll up on their bikes as will gets dropped off by jonathan the boys argue about who the real Vankman is as dustin makes a horrifying realization they are the only ones at school in costume dustin and lucas see max skateboarding down the hallway for some reason and try to work up the courage to ask her to trick-or-treat with them later
1: ghostbusters is playing
0: yes yeah, so cute i love it off
1: the soundtrack
0: yep. I am obsessed with the mom's enthusiasm here, especially yes. Claudia. She is just like hyping up her son so much. <laughs> She's like, let me see those pearls. So cute. <laughs> Muse is meowing.
1: I, oh, my God. I think we also get our first Just the Facts of the series.
0: Yep. I right? believe we do.
1: Lady Applejack and her Just the Facts. Yep.
0: And I, I put that like, I love that Erica's character has changed maybe like five percent from the age of like seven (laughs) yeah she's exactly the same yeah i love that
1: i want to just talk about halloween costumes because so ghostbusters came out on june 4th 1984 and obviously everybody had to be a ghostbuster that year also just want to mention that nobody being dressed up at the school is giving me in a Scoops Ahoy uniform in a professional place of employment with nobody else dressed up. Did
0: you do that? No. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you really did that. No, but it's just the relevant Halloween costume of the year. Everybody dressed up as that, but you're all alone at school yeah. or your professional place of employment dressed like a Scoops Ahoy employee <laughs>
0: or a Ghostbuster. I love that.
1: Also. The reason why Max is skateboarding down the hallway Mm -hmm. is because there's no rules about this yet because no one within a 2,000-mile radius owns a skateboard. So true. That's why there's no rules. She can do whatever she wants. The Board of Education has not yet met on how to deal with children on skateboards in the hallway. Oh,
0: my gosh. Like, I can't even imagine what the meetings about Heelys were like. (laughs) Like, we were out of school by then, but I can't even imagine.
1: (laughs) Razor scooters.
0: I oh can't even imagine. Yeah, like if someone was just like rolling down the hallway while we were in school, suspended. They would definitely get suspended. Re- Heelys
1: is the perfect example mm-hmm. because you could very inconspicuously come to school in Heelys and then boop, there's your Heelys yep. and you're rolling down the hallway. Pop
0: those suckers out. You can outrun the vice principal, no problem.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, so Joy, oh,
0: why is nobody dressed up? I don't know. I wondered the same. Sorry, thing. I just had to get like, that out. Why in the fresh hell is nobody wearing any costume? I I thought the same thing. And like when when Dustin was like, it's like a conspiracy. It, it felt that way. Like, how did they all? Mm-hmm. Every single person in that school, the school is decorated. Right. Like, not one other kid is in costume. How is that possible? <laughs> like, I know there's like twenty kids who go to this middle school, but come on. 20 (laughs) Uh, (laughs) sorry i just it had to i had to no it's a good question honestly i don't know how that's possible but okay all right so joyce and hopper continue to inspect will's drawing because joyce has an amazing sense of intuition and they realize that the trees and the power lines in the drawing match up perfectly to the buyer's front yard they sit at the kitchen table and talk about will's episodes hopper tells joyce that will is likely experiencing flashbacks and they can feel very real he drives home Owen's point about the anniversary effect and admits that he's been feeling on edge too in that they just have to get through the next few weeks and nothing will really go back to normal. They reminisce together about high school. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
1: It's giving me a little... I do a couple of things with this chapter with Nancy and Jonathan versus Nancy and Steve, Joyce and Hopper versus Joyce and Bob. Ooh, okay. Because Nancy Jonathan gives me Joyce Hopper and Nancy Steve gives me Joyce Bob. Hmm. So, as far as shared trauma is concerned, Joyce and Hopper share the trauma of the year prior. Just like Nancy and Jonathan share the trauma of the year prior. Nancy and Steve don't share trauma in the same way. And Joyce and Bob really don't share trauma at all. So, I just, I kind of thought that was like a cool parallel because Bob and I, like I said, I mentioned it later again, but like Bob is more like Steve in this situation, I think. And Hopper and Jonathan are more aligned, like as far as their relationships are concerned, yeah. because Joyce and Hopper went through it together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only difference really is that Hopper and Joyce are end game and Nancy and Steve are end game. You're right. Yeah.
1: You are absolutely <laughs> right. I know that you got that first from the Duffer brother. <laughs> yeah they told me world exclusives yes.
0: dropping right here <laughs> for all 20 of our listeners you heard it here first we love you <laughs> you guys are the best thank you for affording us such an opportunity
1: <laughs> i think there's
0: 30 of Ooh, them okay
1: i think there's about 30
0: so right <laughs> I have to say, Hopper mentions taking Will back to, back to Chicago, and then Joyce mentions some doctor in Boston. Who are these people? Beats when did me, they go to Chicago? But that, that
1: makes me think, though, that these meetings with Owens are a little bit more regularly happening than just when Will is having episodes. Because it seems like they've gotten opinions from doctors. True. Or, like, certainly in Chicago, but maybe it was like, oh, there's a guy in Boston, like you said.
0: Yeah, like, maybe Joyce is, like, reading up, I don't know how, um, in the library somehow. I don't know if they don't have internet. Um, <laughs> I don't know how she's finding these doctors, but.
1: Encyclopedias. Yeah, and like, the, no, that's not those purposes. The, Phone Yeah, books. the yellow
0: pages or whatever, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's an, it's, it's, I'm not going to say the word interesting. <laughs> cool. It's a good question. Enthralling. <laughs> Wonderful. At Hawkins' lab, an agent suits up to head into the gate. We see a grainy video feed of what the agent is doing. Maybe changing a fuse? I don't know. The control panels back in Hawkins' lab light up again. Owen squeezes a stress ball while watching footage of his recent visit with Will.
1: I have a lot of questions. So are we to assume that the storm that was taking place in Chapter 1 was in the Upside Down and it resulted in damage to this power source... Mm -hmm. That is also in the upside down, which is somehow linked to the switchboard mechanism.
0: Yeah, I need to in
1: Hawkins. I need to
0: understand why their power source is located in the upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody fire
1: who whatever electrician was like, are they like harnessing upside down? Is this like windmills? Right. You know, is this like an alternate, like in SimCity when you have to outsource all of your city's power (laughs) because if you put too many like nuclear power plants in your city all your all your town gets mad like did somebody say like let's harness the energy in the upside
0: down this sort of reminds me (laughs) of um, like, just this theory sort of reminds me of the Backrooms videos that have been coming out from the creator Kane Pixels, if if you out there have watched them. But, so, if you haven't heard of the Backrooms, first of all, Google that and scare the heck out of yourself. I love the Backrooms. Me too. Rooms. Love the Backrooms. So, if, if you out there have not heard of it and you're interested in, like, cool creepypasta kind of stuff, definitely look up the Backrooms. But the creator Kane Pixels on YouTube has a series which is amazing about the back rooms and in one of the videos it is discovered that like by the way this is all fiction obviously um this is also a spoiler it is a spoiler well it's not really a spoiler it's it's okay. not it's not but basically the government is trying to use the back rooms as like storage for the world they're just like look we have all this like endless space that we can use we can use it for like offices we can use it for storage all this stuff so like it kind of reminds me of this because it's like we discovered this new really scary alternate dimension but look at what we can do with it yeah we can harness the power let's put a
1: an electrical panel in the upside down and have it for some reason power our yes electronics that makes sense
0: (laughs) if if that's at all what's happening yeah i don't really know what's going on
1: i just i don't know why they but yeah no that's I, I hadn't known that about the back oh, really? rooms as part of its uh, yeah as part of its lore
0: i don't know if that's part of its lore but at least this creator made it part of the lore so i don't know but gotcha but yeah because like, i think he kind of is like making up his own universe stuff but very interesting but yeah that's kind of what it reminds they me they
1: have of. to they have to dispatch a PSE and g truck <laughs> to the upside down like, how do they even do that um <laughs> or whoever you're
0: provider
1: yes. is for power yes that's just us isn't
0: it yeah i actually don't have psc and g they don't have it in this county i don't know why okay but i also wrote so like this part when he's watching the the playback of his visit with will i wrote like is this meant to convey that owens is realizing that what will is seeing is actually not all in his head because he talked about a storm so mm. is this him realizing that like oh shit like will might actually be transporting to the upside down
1: I think you're right. Yes. I think that's got to be him because you could I said I said Owens looks skeptical like he seems to kind of come to some kind of like realization between the storm and that he actually is dealing with because he put an electrical panel in the upside down (laughs) and will expressing knowledge of a storm.
0: Yeah. So that's that's interesting. And remember, kids, do not shower when there is a storm in the upside down, okay? because you can get electrocuted right through the pipes. You got to watch out, as we all know better not cry. <laughs> That's not part of that song. <laughs> no part about showering during a thunderstorm in Santa Claus is coming to town. But. <laughs> All right. So, uh at the high school, Nancy and Steve are in the library doing schoolwork. <clears throat> Nancy goes to sharpen a pencil and she watches a girl who looks like Barb from behind until she is snapped out of it by Steve. In a nearby private study room, which exists in a high school for some reason. In a high school? Could you imagine what would be going down in there? It has blinds. (laughs) (laughs) My my goodness. Um, So in this room, Nancy tells Steve she can't keep pretending everything is okay when Barb's parents are trying to find her. Steve insists it is too dangerous for them to tell the truth about what happened. He convinces Nancy to go to the stupid Halloween party and just find some normalcy for the night.
1: I like that we get Nancy's trauma in this scene and we also get like the overlay of this isn't you and like that whole part when she was trying to go upstairs with Steve and Barb was standing at the foot of the steps and was like, this isn't you. But Nancy's PTSD is a bit different because there's a guilt component.
0: Yeah. She feels like they killed her.
1: Yeah. She has some survivor's guilt. Yeah. And
0: she says as much when she is blacked out drunk in the bathroom.
1: Which is very similar to Fred. Ooh. With the survivor's guilt in season true. four. And they kind of they kind of do become companions yeah,
0: for a tiny that's bit. That's very Yeah, a really short time.
1: Very short <laughs> Sorry, time. Sorry, Fred.
0: Fred. Okay. Uh, I like that we get a little bit of a nod to later watering it down because Nancy says we don't have to tell them everything. Hmm. Yeah, which they don't.
1: Yep. They don't. And... Nancy also has butterfly earrings, so MK Ultra. Just wanted to yeah.
0: I did notice those and I was trying to figure out
1: what that was supposed to be. Yeah, she I mean, maybe that's what it's supposed that's what I'm making it be. Yeah, I like it. Also, this isn't you is playing as it always does. (laughs) When when Nancy is having a conflict of always always
0: playing always playing
1: she has it on repeat like max she just hits play whenever (laughs) she's having a conflict of heart she's just
0: like oh gotta play that i want a theme song for when i'm feeling like i have a conflict in my life okay i'll find one all right so back at the middle school dustin and lucas find max at her locker to very awkwardly ask her to go trick-or-treating with them later dustin tries to impress her with his functional trap and max is more concerned with being aloof she teaches dustin a new word and walks away
1: Speaking of the new word, presumptuous is playing off of the score. Makes sense. It does. Yeah. This this is very Max. This is very Dustin asking Max to participate in Hellfire yeah. Club in season four. <laughs> when she's like giving yeah. her Do I get a t-shirt? Yeah. I get one
0: of those cool t-shirts.
1: Yeah, everyone gets t-shirts. Wow, that's cool. so cool. <laughs> You're being sarcastic, aren't you? <laughs>
0: Also, all things
1: considered, Dustin I feel like is pretty smooth about. Yeah, this.
0: he kept it kind of cool. He did. Dustin didn't say a word. L- Lucas didn't say a word. Which I mean, we should have known that he had like the bigger crush on Max. I guess because yes. he just couldn't yes. speak. He just said no yeah. words. Yeah, Dustin really carried that whole conversation. <laughs> so Ellis sitting in the cabin's living room, flipping through channels with her mind. Because who needs a remote? Not me. She repeats some phrases from TV when she hears a squirrel outside, which reminds her of a time spent living in the woods when she unfortunately had to fling a squirrel into a tree and then roast it and eat it. (laughs) (laughs) We then see a hunter come up behind Elle, whom she knocks out with a flaming squirrel (laughs) and proceeds to run off with his warm hat and coat. This whole scene, that this just doesn't feel real. Flaming squirrel to the (laughs) face. I would just like to say... People are going to be a guy. I know. It's so cute. And it, it like, I feel like that was like a little nod to her like actual British accent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's like impetuous. Impetuous. <laughs> Is that squirrel, Mr. Fiddly? Yeah. I
0: was wondering that too. I'm assuming
1: he was. Also, I'm just realizing now that we get the squirrel, which reminds her of the dead squirrel. Yeah. Like she sees the live squirrel and then it, that's what triggers her flashback.
0: Mm-hmm. Reminds her of murdering a squirrel, which like, yeah, to be fair, at least she did it in like, The most humane way, I feel like. She also has
1: quite decent... She's like, decent survival skills for a child who grew up in a
0: lab. For real. Very impressive. That she could just
1: roast a squirrel. Yeah, she made a fire.
0: Good for her. How the hell did she make a fire? I wouldn't know how to make a fire. Where did she learn that? I don't know. Internet? (laughs) She just Googled it. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Girl, Girl Scouts? Yeah.
0: It kind of feels like a flaming squirrel to the face at that velocity might kill you <laughs> 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 or give you burns. right like or seriously maim you like also why did she only steal his hat i thought she took his coat too did she not
1: just his oh, hat what the heck? i'm pretty sure it was just his hat I, I could be wrong i don't know
0: but that seems like a waste take his coat too girl take his coat yes, and his gun it's cold. take his gun while you're at it why not i mean you know how to cook a squirrel yeah all right so hopper arrives at the police station and he parks next to a truck full of disgustingly rotten pumpkins eugene is now here and he's gonna blame merrill because he must have poisoned the pumpkins after he thought eugene poisoned his pumpkins Mm Mm-hmm. Hopper calls Eugene old and explains that (laughs) (laughs) all the farms in the area have a field full of dead crops.
1: Because you're old.
0: (laughs) You damn straight. You you see these hands? You know why they look like this? Because you're you're old. old. (laughs) Damn straight. (laughs) Uh, That always makes me laugh. Also, Callahan and Powell are so rude here like so rude i mm, if i was in there making a complaint and callahan and powell were in the corner like oh oh, the dead pumpkins (laughs) ha 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 like shut up (laughs) this is my (laughs) livelihood what is wrong with you
1: (laughs) callahan um speaking of him mentions he's like oh it's like chinatown which is did you it's a movie okay um and i looked it up and here's the synopsis just a little quick one A private detective hired to expose an adulterer in 1930s Los Angeles finds himself caught up in a web of deceit, corruption, and murder. Ooh. Yeah. So there's a little bit more to this. So the movie takes place in California, which we know is, like, relevant this season. Yeah. And it also features a place called the Owens Valley. Ooh. Yeah, a little fun thing.
0: Like that. That's cool. I liked
1: it, too. I think I... Who did it star? I think it was Jack Nicholson and somebody else.
0: I like that, too, because we know that a lot of inspiration for Hopper's character is Jack Nicholson.
1: Yes, very true, which is probably why I like Hopper so much, because mm-hmm. I really like Jack Nicholson.
0: Yes. Jack so
1: Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. Okay, cool. Yes, 1974 neo-noir mystery film.
0: Ooh, spooky. Spooky. Sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. So while Eugene is talking about all these other farms that have been affected in the area, Hawkins is a very small town. I feel like we've gotten to know a lot of the, the players here. Who are any the, of these, the people? Folk? Yeah, all are the, these people? The Folk? Yeah, who are these people? The Folk. It feels like we should have heard some of these names.
1: They're the townspeople.
0: Yeah, that we've just never, ever heard of.
1: No, they moved in this year.
0: Yeah, just this year. They heard heard about Will's case and were like, that place sounds interesting. (laughs) There would probably be a a lot of people there who want to pick their own pumpkin, so. Yes. Make a farm. In a a town where people just go missing and come back to life, they probably love Halloween, so.
1: (laughs) I'm just imagining Meryl, like, going around, like, under the shroud of night, poisoning, like, (laughs) acres upon acres of pumpkin fields.
0: (laughs) Patches?
1: Pumpkin patches, pumpkin fields.
0: Hmm, is there like a is this a technical term? Like, does it have to be one or the other? Pumpkin bogs. Also, I don't know why, but I'm just like picturing him like tiptoeing, like the Grinch, kind of. Uh, All right, so Billy drives Max home as he complains about Hawkins. He makes a gross, misogynistic comment, and then he tries to blame Max for them being stuck there. Max says it's actually his fault, to which he reacts by verbally abusing her and then psychologically abusing her by threatening to run over some 12-year-olds on bikes. Fuck Wango Tango. Oh, okay. Fuck Wango Tango and fuck Ted Nugent. I literally wrote, of course he's (laughs) listening to Ted (laughs) Nugent. Of course he's listening to Ted Nugent. (laughs) Um, Okay, I wrote something maybe controversial, but I'm gonna okay. say it anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick trolley problem for us all here. <laughs> okay, what's a trolley problem? Oh, okay. So the trolley problem is that thing in philosophy where like you have to decide if you're gonna avert the trolley and kill five people. Oh, or, okay. Or gotcha. do nothing and kill one person, or you know, vice versa. Okay. So I'm trolley probleming this here because if Billy just went to jail for even attempted triple homicide of a bunch of minors. I think we'd be in a much better place right now. Just saying. So
1: you're like, saying that Mac should have let him run over Dustin yeah. Lucas and Ma-
0: <laughs> She didn't know them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> better question.
0: How is it I, don't that I think said it was I controversial i don't really like that we wouldn't have a show no we wouldn't okay but listen even like maybe he would have missed okay or let's say max still diverted him and he didn't hit them why did nobody go to the police who's was was- gonna go to the police max
1: max
0: <laughs> someone should have reported him for attempted murder okay But also,
1: why was the boys' instinct to haul ass and not get off the road? Uh, Yeah. Why were they like, let's go faster and try to out-bike a Camaro versus go off the road?
0: Yeah. Or or turn around and drive the other direction. Also true. Yeah. I don't know why they thought they could outrun a a car, but okay.
1: Lots of questions. I appreciate that perspective. I just don't agree.
0: I don't agree either. I don't think the boy should have been murdered, but I do think Billy should have gone to jail.
1: Imagine that would be there would be no show. Billy goes to jail. Lucas, Mac <laughs> Lucas, Dustin, and Mike are dead. <laughs> there would be no show. What are we doing?
0: Okay, well, let's say they're not dead though, and Billy goes to jail. Then in season three, Max will not have the trauma of watching her brother get murdered by a gigantic skin spider.
1: Who would the skin spider flay?
0: I don't know. Someone else. Maybe Ooh. the the newspaper man.
1: That would be so lame.
0: It would be lame. Okay, listen, I'm not a showrunner. <laughs> Just a philosopher. <laughs> oh, right, yes. Okay. Of <laughs> course. Um, okay. Wait. What
1: is the implication happening in this conversation between Max and Billy? Is the implication that it's Max's mom's fault that they moved to Indiana or that it's Billy's father's fault? What what are we doing here?
0: Yeah I'm not really sure what exactly is being implied here like at first I thought like did they move because of like Billy's misbehavior or something like
1: okay. they thought
0: like a, like a change of scenery would like fix him or something but it is like like Billy is sort of right because it seems like they moved away to get away from her biological or no. Wait no, she does say to Lucas like later when they're having like a heart to heart that they moved out of California because her mom thought that her dad was the problem, mm. but he he's not he's not the problem. Okay, so I I think Billy might be kind of right because it seems okay. like they moved away because of that to get yeah. away from the father. Okay, <sighs> got it. Yeah, I don't know, man. All right, so Hopper rolls up to Eugene's farm where a kid in a cowboy hat watches him inspect the rotting crops. He notices a familiar sticky substance on a tree.
1: Injecting materials. Not like that.
0: Not like that. No, injecting You said
1: familiar sticky substance. I said injecting materials. Both
0: upside down related. (laughs) Sure. As we know. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he finds this familiar sticky substance on a nearby tree. He, the officers decide to mark the rotted areas with flags, and Callahan sticks his nude hand directly into <laughs> his raw ass hand. Raw hand, naked <laughs> hand. <laughs> right, and into then that he stuff. sniffs. He smells yeah. it. Yeah. Ew. Why? I
1: don't know. I don't know. Um, tree slime is playing. You're joking. That's a real title. Tree slime. I thought you made that up. I really did. No, it's not. It's called tree slime. <laughs> ew. Uh,
0: speaking of pre-slime.
1: <laughs> Can you leave that in?
0: <laughs> Ew. I'm so sorry. Oh, boy. All right. I can't tell here if Hopper knows what's happening.
1: I don't know either. It seems like he knows the origin. He's like, this is upside down bullshit. But I don't yeah. think he knows, like, the obviously the extent or the nuance of what's going
0: on. I think you're right, because, yeah, that's true, because, like, from here, he goes back to the lab and is like, um, what the hell is this?
1: Yeah, like, some interdimensional goop is familiar to him, so he's like, oh, okay, the sh- shenanigans.
0: Yes. Yes. I noticed the sneeze juice on this tree. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> <laughs> the um,
1: Demogorgon phlegm. Okay. Yes.
0: Ew. This is so <laughs> At the buyer's house, Bob teaches Jonathan how to use the video camera before he and will head out for trick-or-treating in the car jonathan complains about bob for some reason and will complains about being treated differently from his friends jonathan makes a deal with will that he can stay on his own if he's back at the wheelers by 9 30 or actually 9 uh he looks at tina's terrible party invite and contemplates going
1: i want to go trick-or-treating
0: i know right what's the deal with that why are we too old
1: it's not even so much that it's that the, the people don't do that anymore they do trunk or
0: treating that's true yeah i went out with my nephew this year like just for a few hours trick or treating and like it's like surprising how many people either just like leave the candy out or like they're just they just don't do it yeah it's kind of sad i know i feel like we're just kind of evolving away from it which is sad like i kind of understand because it's like i feel like less and less we can trust strangers but I don't know. It's kind of sad that we're being put in that position as a society. And that's Agreed. And that's our that's our comment for today on on society.
1: Actually, we no. We live in a society.
0: <laughs> I am literally 8 years old.
1: <laughs> Humans are a unique type of pest.
0: <laughs> Me trying to trick or treat with my 4-year-old nephew. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, I can't believe that Jonathan is complaining about Bob. Like, what? why is he such a loser? Like, come on. I
1: literally wrote, I mean, yes, Jonathan, you are kind of lame. Like. Yeah. Like. What is his need to do that? His mom has found somebody. She's found a kinship and somebody to be her companion. And And Jonathan has to air his grievances.
0: Like, Bob has been nothing but nice to these boys and their mother. They have never seen a man, uh, like, be that way. Maybe
1: Jonathan's threatened.
0: Maybe. He is like the man of the house.
1: He is. He's like, who, who the fuck's this guy? You better not cook breakfast. Don't touch those frying pans.
0: <laughs> those are my, my good job. pants.
1: <laughs> That's my good spatchy spatch. It's my Rachel Ray
0: set, Bob. <laughs> don't touch that.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe he is threatened, though. Maybe he's so used to filling that role that having somebody come in is like,
0: eh, I don't like that. It is kind of true because we did talk a lot about parentification in the last mm. season of Jonathan specifically. And, like, in some ways it, it can, like, of course, not in a romantic way, but, like, it can be like you're filling that spot of a partner for your parent when they don't yes. have one. Very much so. So you could be right. I mean, he is, like, Bob is just so nice. I mean, he's a big nerd. But, like, he, I don't know, man. I I just and, don't know. And Will's, I like,
1: like I kind of like him. Like, Will's
0: yeah. just, he's he's happy
1: to have, he says he doesn't treat me different.
0: Yeah. Like, I think he really likes Bob. I don't know. Okay, well, let's go to Tina's party. Everybody, are you ready? Hooray! I'm ready. Are you so ready? Okay. I'm really not ready. This is painful, but it's go so ahead. It's so awful. I can't it's so believe awful. we're doing this. I know this. This is like top three most like hard to watch scenes in the show. Honestly, <laughs>
1: everyone, everyone, Steve and Nancy are about to break up, and I just want everybody to sit down, sit down, sit down. Yeah. I mean, we have a couple more scenes to go, but we're getting there.
0: Yes, we're getting there. All right. So we're at Tina's house. Billy is on second 42 of a keg stand. Ew. That's like as
1: long as Brenner didn't blink.
0: Oh my God, right? 42 seconds is a long time to be (laughs) upside down drinking beer. Like, ew. So Billy is on second 42 of his keg stand while Tommy H. cheers him on and shares a cigarette with him. Ew. Uh, The crowd cheers on this new keg king of Hawkins. Inside the house, COVID and many other diseases breed (laughs) amongst the 4,500 teenagers inside. Our new keg king tells Steve to eat it, and they look deeply into each other's eyes in a very macho and hetero way. Nancy has had enough nonsense, and she walks away and decides to take a big drink from the punch bowl, which is apparently filled with pure fuel. Steve tries to stop her, but she reminds him of their deal to be stupid teenagers for the night. For some reason this
1: entire scene made me want like a Billy Eddie showdown.
0: Oh. I would love that.
1: Same. Right? Like, I something those are two characters who've never who
0: never will meet. Yeah.
1: They're both too old to be in high school, we know.
0: They are. Wait a minute. Right? Wait, 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 wait. I have a question. Mm. Shouldn't Billy and Eddie actually have met? In what? I mean, maybe if Bill. Do you think Billy really
1: goes to class? No, probably not. Do you think Eddie goes to class? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Neither of them are going
0: to class. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Never mind. They're you're also right.
1: different. I feel like they're different. They're different people.
0: Yeah, like Eddie. Like I feel like Billy and Eddie are like the same genre of person, but like in different flavors. Like yes, yeah. Like like they're both kind of like metalheads, but like billy went the like machismo route and eddie is just like a big nerd
1: yes yes definitely the same same genre yes different different flavor
0: different flavors okay didn't billy start at hawkins high like two days ago he's the keg king how did that happen how does everyone know who he is they're all chanting his name how did this happen
1: (laughs) i don't know but that's i just where did all the alcohol come from yeah who bought all that I don't, that's a good question, though. I don't. How does everybody already know him?
0: I don't know. But he's the keg king now, and he's going to—
1: Nancy's the queen of the school paper.
0: Yes, and he, uh, Billy is just going to look deeply into Steve's eyes and make sure that he knows that he is the manliest man here, okay? And Steve's going to take off his glasses so he can look deeper into Billy's eyes and let him know that he is not taking that in a very manly way.
1: This isn't the first time these two share an intimate moment. I just yeah. want to point that out
0: well actually it is the first time but it's not the last
1: oh I'm sorry yes Yes. this is not the last time no it is to share a moment
0: definitely not the last and I mean this is the first one where they're fully clothed
1: also true
0: yeah the second
1: time they are raw
0: they are just (laughs) raw (laughs) like naked (laughs) my gosh yep they are raw naked in that shower imagine In high school, leaving gym class and having to strip naked with a group of peers in the (laughs) shower—I couldn't even change (laughs) without being mortified. I would literally like hide in the locker. (laughs) Like, Uh, (laughs) but that's that's for another episode. We'll talk more about stripping naked in the locker room later. Um. (laughs) Anyway, I also really liked that nancy asked what's in this toga man said pure fuel pure fuel and nancy said sounds great yeah and not only did she say sound great but like
1: speaking of COVID and other diseases she dips her cup into the pure fuel
0: drinks
1: from it and then dips her cup back into the pure
0: fuel yes and on the second dip she actually just gets a whole big drink of dry ice foam there is nothing in that cup Like you, if you watch closely, she literally just like dips into the foam. Oh, okay. And just, like there is no <laughs> liquid. Takes like the smoke. Yeah, there's no liquid in there. Okay. Like, like when she when she chugs it and she puts her face back, there's a little drip that comes down her face. But it's if you watch, it's actually from the outside of the cup. And then she very sassily like wipes it off. Wipes the drip off her cheek. Yes. Good job, Nancy. You tell him. You show that fuel malicious compliance here because she didn't want to do this <laughs> and she's like what we're just normal teenagers having a good time what's the problem <laughs> hmm. what is the problem steven steven Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> uh. all right so we're back at the buyers anyway and bi- bi- And Bob and Joyce are having their own little Halloween party. It's very sweet. They're sharing a dance in the living room. She continues to worry about Will. And Bob brings up the idea of moving away from Hawkins together, which Joyce kind of seems to like. But she tells him they're not a normal family.
1: Okay. (laughs) But this is giving let's just be stupid teenagers for one night. Yeah, a little bit. This is like a Bob and Steve. They're like a they're like runner types. They're mm. like I need to avoid this conflict. I need to escape whatever's going on. Like that's what I'm getting here from Bob and Steve.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yes. I see like, that. Let's skip town. Let's be stupid teenagers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that parallel. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Bob and Steve. Bob and Steve. <laughs> so meanwhile the boys are trick-or-treating and being mistaken for tiny exterminators they argue over how delicious three musketeers are and max rolls up to scare the shit out of them dressed as michael myers mike is Hmm. not amused by this yeah not amused i don't like why is max's first instinct always to just like be mean like just make fun of them like,
1: I feel like it's got to be a defense mechanism.
0: Yeah, it totally is. Because, like, they were nice enough to invite you out. And then the first thing you're going to do is just, like, scare them and make fun of them. <laughs> like, why? And then they're like, wow, that's so cool. And then they hang out with her. It's Yeah, teenage boys, man. Wild. Also, another kind of fast fact for this episode, but I sort of saved it for this area, um, is that the house where they get called exterminators is in real life across the street from... The house that they use is the Wheeler house. Ooh. Yeah. It's on the same street. Hmm. Very cool. So later that night, Hopper continues setting out flags through the woods, noticing more familiar goo on trees. (laughs) He hears something in the woods and almost draws his gun while the kid in the cowboy hat shoots his fake gun. Hopper realizes how late he is for he and Elle's night in, and he pays the cowboy hat kid for his candy. Five whole dollars.
1: I'm pretty sure you can hear Dart in this scene. Yes,
0: you absolutely can. You can hear that chittering.
1: Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to be sure because I, I, I'm i pretty sure you can hear him.
0: Yeah, I heard it too. And I would just like to say that old man Humphrey is quaking right now. <laughs> okay. Five whole dollars. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> quaking.
1: I love how the kid actually gives Hopper his candy, though. He's like, all right, five bucks. He's it's like, right, five, oh, five bucks.
0: <laughs> love that. <clears throat> He's very late. He is extremely late. He is very late. He needs to go immediately. Yeah. yeah, he really does. All right, back at the cabin. Elle is watching TV on the couch. When the radio begins beeping, it's Hopper sending Morse code for the word late. She has another flashback to her time in the woods where she stumbled upon the box where Hopper left cookies and waffles for her.
1: Why did Hopper stop to leave a message? Why did he take the time didn't he have to go somewhere to do that or i can think he, we just as-
0: he has it in his car okay so he can just do it from his truck
1: yeah i was like did this asshole stop at the police department <laughs> yeah. to tell l that he was late rather than just going home
0: no he does like we see it in a later episode when he like sits in the car and is radioing to her and he's like okay he'd, yeah
1: all right um, that makes me feel a lot better i was upset yeah yeah i think l is watching frankenstein Aw, cute which is, you know, the monster. Mm. Mm. You know how Frankenstein's monster.
0: Yeah. Always known
1: as the monster. Just wanted to put that in there. Yes. And also, "Ego in the snow is playing during Elle's flashback. Oh. And I want to know if naming this song was a copyright issue.
0: Oh, I wonder. That's you could just question. put the
1: word "ego" in your song.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they had to pay, like, royalties or something to, to Kellogg, right? It's I Kellogg? Yeah, I don't know. All right, so back at Loch Nora, the rich neighborhood, the boys get all the good candy from the rich people while trying to impress Max with their best surfer impressions. Mike is not okay with her presence. Will gets bullied and pushed down by some older kids. When he lands on the ground, he is in the Upside Down. He calls for Mike to no avail and he hears creepy chittering. He sees the Mind Flayer begin to emerge in the sky and runs down an alley to hide. Mike finds him and snaps him out of this episode. The others try to comfort him, but Mike brushes them off and takes Will back to the wheelers. Um, The
1: monster mash is playing.
0: (laughs) Appropriate. (laughs) I just, like... Someone please put Mike in therapy. Like, he's so angry, this poor kid. He's very bitter,
1: yeah. He's He's very bitter.
0: Like... He's just so mad about nothing, but he's. You should have checked with me. Like what? Who are you? And first of all, they tried to, and you hung up on them. Also true. Yeah, yeah. I have a. Mike question. is having
1: a tough time.
0: He is. I have a question about the physics of Will's episodes because I was under the impression he was like frozen in place in real life while he was in an episode, but he walks to where he did in the episode. Like he winds up in a different place when he wakes up he does. Yeah, like he he starts the episode when he hits the ground out on the street and then in the episode, in episode he runs from the mind flare into the alley down the stairs and then when he wakes up, he's down the stairs. Like he's... maybe
1: they're progressing in their severity.
0: Yeah, I guess it could that that could explain it, I suppose. Or the other thing is, too, I don't think he's ever attempted to move. True. In the episode, so,
1: yeah, I mean, we've seen what, two, the yeah. one outside the arcade and the one in his home after at mid like in the middle of the night right
0: yeah and in both and all them, he's really doing is standing yeah he just stood so yeah that's true we don't really see him try the the mind flayer is horrifying oh my god right in this scene he's extra scary
1: unlike vecna
0: again right oh my the, he the the mind flayer
1: is truly scary yes he like unfurls himself so like creepy. his leggies like unfurl <laughs> and he's got like his little like pointy face yes he's like so horrifying but also adorable
0: i know in like a weird way right he's something like, yeah he seems soft like you could like squeeze him like a little he cloud. does he's i also
1: noticed that when he unfurls he unfurls very similarly to how the, the the cloud of misty smoke unfurls when henry discovers him in season four
0: interesting okay yeah okay but he's
1: cute i don't know i want a mind flare.
0: I know he's kind of cute right I don't know I, wanna, I don't like him
1: a, a pet mind player.
0: <laughs> all right so back at Tina's house now Jonathan arrives sees what's going on and still decides to go in for some godforsaken reason a girl we never see again kind of flirts with Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> but he notices a very drunk Nancy across the room arguing with Steve Steve is trying to cut Nancy off from drinking more But she just ends up spilling red punch all over her white shirt. She very drunkenly tries to wipe her shirt off with a washcloth and water. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And Steve offers to take her home. She calls everything on earth, including their relationship, bullshit. Bullshit bullshit
1: you, you you wanted you you, you wanted, wanted this <laughs> god girl we've all been there it's not hard you we're, we're partying it is
0: fine it's like we didn't kill barb <laughs> she uh steve takes her blacked out words or word i guess to heart and leaves her alone in the bathroom steve storms out of the party while jonathan looks on girls on film I know this this song is like so good but it's also like forever scarred for me but it's also just like the same beep, 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 beep. I know beep, beep, beep. and then it's just girls on film yeah. times 88 87,000 <laughs> um I, I like <laughs> when Jonathan shows up you can see like people staring at him like yeah what, they're like what is this it, kid is
1: supposed to be in home ec cooking breakfast and be
0: at <laughs> this party
1: <laughs> Someone get him a pan. <laughs> He's gonna
0: make the eggs now. <laughs> <laughs> poor oh, Jonathan. Poor
1: Jonathan. We are just we are bullying him today. We really
0: are. We really are. I had to say the the Kubrick stare in the mirror that Nancy does. Like, okay, we've all been there, right? Like, like <laughs> that drunk where you're just like dead-eyed staring at yourself (laughs) in the mirror like you're just like not sure what year it is (laughs) and trying to get this out of your shirt but you're not actually here on this planet anymore
1: (laughs) nancy the the pure fuel is just spreading on your dress and your shirt it got her
0: she needs a tide Um, pen (laughs) (laughs) ace.
1: somebody get nancy a tide pen (laughs) so were you was i the only one who thought samantha was gonna be like a new main character like a new character
0: oh no i totally did
1: right samantha for people who don't know is the girl who like approaches jonathan who's dressed as like kiss like yeah i thought she was gonna be like a new character and then we never see her again
0: yeah she just disappears i feel like i wonder if that was to like signify that like jonathan really only has eyes for nancy i don't know
1: as as if we needed something to signify
0: that very true it's pretty clear also, like, leave Nancy alone, man. Like, if she wants to get blacked out drunk, just let her. Okay? Just put her in the car and take her home. Just put her in the Steve? car and take her home. Yeah. Like, why, why do we have to just, like, let her go, man? You're the one. Like, she said, you wanted this. Like, we're in love. Like, we we're partying. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bullshit. Like, like, you should not try to reason with a blacked out person. Just take her home. Like, I think I could listen to her act that scene. I know an infinite number of times it's very good <laughs> natalia dyer absolutely kills it drunk acting like it's so good you wanted you
1: wanted this okay i'm
0: done yeah it's, it's so really good. it's really really good i just have to say steve leaving nancy alone in the bathroom while yeah, she's that was a
1: bad move clearly
0: extremely drunk bad idea yeah
1: they're broken up now
0: yeah understandable i would dump him too for doing that not cool
1: but it's also we get to it in the next i'm yeah. not gonna say anything yeah
0: all right in the wheeler's basement will tells mike more about his episodes and what they're like he explains that it's like when a view master gets stuck between two slides he says he heard a noise coming from all over and he saw a huge dark shadow which was coming for him mike asks if it was real or all in his head and will says he's not sure but he implores him not to tell the others mike tells will about 11 and how he feels like he's going crazy and they decide to go crazy together
1: I can really understand where Will's feelings for Mike start to stem from. Right? Based on season two.
0: I know. It's so sweet. Like, Mike is the only one really listening to him and really caring about what's going on with him. And it's it's great. Like, Mike clearly needs a therapist, but he's a pretty good one himself. He is he is pretty good. And he also seems to be the
1: only one who Will is able to, like, he wants to confide in Mike. Like, it's yeah. it's, it's clear from this scene that will has also kind of shared with mike the feedback that he's gotten from doctors yeah. he's like do you think this is like all in your like that's a lot for two what
0: 13 11, year, olds, 12 12 year yeah. olds
1: to be talking about very true yeah Sweet. i also failed to mention in the scene when will is dealing with the mind flare that he calls for mike um three times
0: oh
1: so we're up to eight mike's
0: I love that like that's who he calls for though. Like, yes. Only he does.
1: Him. He only calls for Mike.
0: I'm gonna cry. That's so sweet.
1: <laughs> Don't cry.
0: It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's not real. No. I also have to point out that as sweet as this conversation is, they are still in their Ghostbusters costumes. They are.
1: They are and they are absolutely surrounded by candy. <laughs>
0: it's cute. Like they it's just a good haul. Yeah, they they just went wild in their in their candy. Very cute.
1: This is the first time we hear um the Hunger Games song.
0: The Hunger Games song?
1: So there's a song <gasps> yes, in season yes, 2. Yes.
0: I mentioned this to you like like yes. a, yeah, a few weeks ago, I remember, yeah.
1: Yes, it's a song that sounds incredibly like the soundtrack, like the soundtrack or the score, I suppose, of the Hunger Games franchise. But it's really just outside the realm by a, by a group called Big Giant Circles.
0: Are you sure it's not actually on the Hunger Games soundtrack? I am
1: positive. I looked. It is not.
0: Okay. If you hear banging, sorry. It sounds like my downstairs neighbors are um, hammering my ceiling. Or my floor, rather. Their ceiling. So, sorry about that.
1: It's just Vecna.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's just... he He's knocking. He wants in. All right. So, Jonathan decides to kill two birds with one stone. When he goes to pick up Will, he just brings Nancy home, too. Why not? He has to literally carry her to bed. And I wrote, please lay her on her side, Jonathan. Do not lay her on her back. He didn't learn that. I digress. He hasn't learned that yet because he doesn't go to class. Because all he does is cook breakfast. Yes. Mimosas. Yes. Just just (laughs) mimosas. He tucks her in and she finds a moment of lucidity realizing it's Jonathan putting her to bed. Jonathan. I know. It's so sweet. Also, excellent acting. Nancy just like dead dropping and Jonathan having to pick her up like she's just (laughs) dead weight. (laughs) Yeah. Very cute. And yeah, the Hunger Games song is still playing here. <laughs> it literally is still playing. <laughs> yep. yep. So Hopper arrives home with his candy haul for him and Elle, and she makes him beg before letting him inside. He sees that Elle has dragged the TV into the bedroom, and he tries to talk to her through the door, which she ignores. He sits on the couch and tries to convince her to come out with the candy he has in her room. Elle flips through channels until she finds static so she can find Mike telepathically she sees him sitting in her fort talking to her over his walkie-talkie it's day 353 she sits down next to him not really but sorta and looks at him it seems like he senses her but before she can touch him he gives up and walks away
1: we get a, a sixth mic from l yes so we are now at nine mics <laughs> one episode nine mics nine whole mics it's too many one mics. episode it's far too many mics, too many mics. had enough mics <laughs> uh yeah, I think that L, I'm I'm proud of L that she feels comfortable like expressing her anger for Hopper. Yeah, because she's never been able to like safely disobey. True, very you true. know without like dire consequence, like yeah. an isolation
0: cell. Very true. I also yeah. like I. I like that, like, her personality has always kind of been there, even though she was, like, really stripped of it in, mm. in Hawkins' lab. Like, she's always been a little spicy. Like, she's always had a little, yeah, she's, she's, little she's, attitude. Yeah, she's sassy. Yeah, she's always been kind of like that. Like, she's she's always had a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, which I can appreciate because mm-hmm. she's she's kind of stayed true to who she's always been. And I feel like it's a nice nod to, like, na- nature versus nurture. Like, mm. you know, that's just kind of who she is, despite her being trapped in a lab. Yeah. So I can appreciate that.
1: Just last thing with this. I just want to point it out because it becomes like a thing. This is the this like really starts the Mike L build up, like the reunion build up. Yeah. And this just like this tease. I know. All season that you just you get like glimpses of them getting glimpses of each other the whole time. And it just as it's mounting for them, it's mounting for the audience. And then you get the relief at the end and. It's just so good. I
0: know. They really did a good job with building the tension on this one, Mm -hmm. especially considering that, like, we get a day count. Like, I think that that really helps build the tension as well, that they're both counting days. Yes.
1: Yes. That does add a nice touch.
0: Right? Like, now we know, like, oh, my God, it's been almost a year since they've Mm -hmm. seen each other. Yeah. So I I like that touch. Right? So in our last scene... Dustin arrives home from trick-or-treating. He is clearly on on a little bit of a high from getting to hang out with Max. He is saying tubular. Um.
1: (laughs) Totally tubular.
0: (laughs) And he hears a noise outside again. He thinks it's Muse until he hears a loud clang in the garbage can. He cautiously approaches the can and then flings it open while screaming. And before (laughs) we can see what's inside, roll credits. I love how
1: he withdraws his proton blaster as if it functions. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> he's gonna proton blast <laughs> whatever's in there it's like cardboard box yeah. proton
1: blaster it's like hold on i got you no no i got this. stand
0: back everybody <laughs> all right that's all i got for scene by scene
1: yeah the last one is it's just we get we start our our gremlins like the music even starts like the gremlin the gremlin rag that's what it's called this the i thought it was ghostbusters gremlin. again but, like, while I'm pretty sure, like, while he's approaching the garbage can, oh, I feel like we start to get it does end in Ghostbusters in the credits, okay. but I think you get that, like, the nod to the gremlin rag, like the soundtrack song that sounds like that song.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, all right. So, you want to do LVP and MVP? <laughs> Who was your MVP?
1: So I don't know how this happened, because we did nothing but rag on this person this entire chapter, but I chose Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. Did you?
0: I did, but I have have an alternate choice, too.
1: Okay. But I like it when we pick the same one. I know. Um, But yeah, we did absolutely nothing but rip Jonathan apart (laughs) this chapter, but he is my MVP. I feel like I have to give him a shout out for getting Nancy home safe, even if he, you know, didn't lay her on her side. He also goes all good big brother on Will, like, letting him spread his wings a bit to trick-or-treat. Yeah. um, Even though it may or may not have resulted in, you know, another episode. And he just, he cooks breakfast. (laughs) He does cook
0: breakfast quite a lot. Like, that's the most important meal of the day. Yeah. So true. So So Jonathan was my MVP
1: for trick-or-treat
0: freak. Yeah. Yeah, I I had Jonathan for similar reasons. Um, you know, mainly the big one, getting Nancy home safely, and then like, I mean, this is like sort of in the next episode, but like, he doesn't tell her, like he doesn't he doesn't do it to gain her affection. He does it for yes. genuine reasons. Yes. And yes. I think that that's that's a really important piece of context here. Yes. Um, but my alternative person was Joyce. And okay. I say that because of her diligence and her mm. observance of, of like, something being wrong with Will, and yeah. the fact that she did what Hopper asked, and she called him right away.
1: She did do that. She said, you call me first.
0: Yeah, and she did. Yep. So, shout out to Joyce for being an observant Yay. and diligent mom. Yay to the buyers. Right? They're really, they, they killed it in this episode. They kill it really all season, but yeah.
1: LVP? <laughs> So my LVP, I don't know. This one was hard because I feel like nobody was like bad. I don't know. I just feel like it was kind of neutral, but I chose Hopper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I appreciated him like getting lost in his job. And I obviously appreciate the empathy that he has for Joyce. But like you have a child. Yeah. It's Halloween. Yeah. Not cool. You made a promise to be home by 515. Yes. And I also think you maybe get a little bit of a sense that his lateness is like a regular occurrence. Is that just like,
0: right? Yeah. I got that too.
1: Yeah. So sorry, Hopper, love you and your French toast and your flannel, but you're my LVP for this episode.
0: Understandable. I chose Steve. I'm putting Mm -hmm. Steve back in LVP world for a minute. All right. Because leaving anybody, let alone somebody you claim to love alone in a stranger's house Blacked out drunk with no way home is a major L. Do not do this. Major mm-hmm. L, Steve. Bad choice.
1: They weren't in love. It was like they're yes. in love.
0: Like like we're in love. Right, and like that's the other thing too. Like like really, she's clearly blacked out drunk. Like you're really just going to like get all pissy about this. No, Steve. Bad. Bad job.
1: Yeah. He was he was sucky.
0: He was sucky in this episode.
1: Even him like, let's just go to the party, like I mean, his concerns are valid about them being at risk, but also, yeah. No, I totally get it. I had the thought of putting Steve as LVP and then Jonathan as MVP, too.
0: Yeah. But, like, yeah, and even, like, when they're in that library, like, conference room, he just flat out kind of, like, shuts Nancy down and is like, well, there's nothing we can do. Mm -hmm. Like, yikes. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's it. Everyone...
1: Everyone go listen to our Stancy episode.
0: Yes. Yes. And soon we're going to have a Jancy episode.
1: Ooh, a Jancy episode.
0: Yes. Which I'm very excited for.
1: Which we must say like John C.
0: (laughs) John C. I I mean, to me, it's just like putting a J at the front of Nancy.
1: (laughs) I was looking today at our like, how are we going to do our MBTI for this for this uh, season? And we have selected Dustin and Steve as our MBTI. Yes. And I was trying to come up with, like, a couple name for Dustin and Steve, and I came up with Stustin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's either Stustin or Deve. Deve. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Jo- John, C. John C. Very fancy. <laughs> or, or Nonathan
0: also terrible okay we're done <laughs> all right well that's all we've got for trick-or-treat freak trick-or-treat freak and this is our last episode before christmas so yes yeah merry christmas to all of you out Merc- there Christmas. yep <laughs> <laughs> <Merry> chrysler <laughs> Mary Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> well, i hope you all have a great holiday season uh we are not taking a week off we will be back um next week with our episode on arcades
1: yes we're yep. gonna do a just the facts our case
0: all about arcades so stay tuned for that have a great Bye. holiday season and until happy next holidays time, happy holidays everybody. Till next time. Stay hey, strange. That's it. Stay strange.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall.